Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. We're making big waves with Beach Day Giveaway at Muggleshoot Casino. Win up to $50,000 on Friday, June 10th, 17th, and 24th inside Galaxy. Earn entries daily when you play using your Muggleshoot Rewards card. Your first entry is free. Beach Day Giveaway, this June at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, another edition from Emerald Downs, heading into a action-packed weekend at the track in Auburn. Emerald Downs coming up on our 26th birthday. That would be Monday, June 20th. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here in the TV studio, ready to talk Emerald Downs Racing and also Muckleshoot Gold Cup. Vince, Bill's going to jump in there and Call some Indian relay racing this week as the Muckleshoot Gold Cup is here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, along with thoroughbred racing each day. Bill, you getting ready to uh, do some of that Indian relay racing? Yep. Uh, as long as there, you know, there's horses involved, that's usually my uh, my wheelhouse. Yeah. And uh, no matter if it's uh, Indian relay races or thoroughbreds or I've called quarter horses, I've called Arabians, I've called paints, I've called Appaloosas. So this is all all in the in the general genre, if you will. So I'll be good. And you jumped into the even shorter leg uh, yeah. last week too. I don't well, could really see. You were six stories up, and there are little dogs like that. I'm like, I, <laughs> looking down from my office today. They were out there practicing yep. after the regular training hours here, and special emphasis every team, of course, on those exchanges, which are kind of fast and kind of hairy there sometimes because they come in fast and they're getting off and right back up it's kind of like a pit stop in uh, auto racing the goal is to get in and out as fast as possible indeed yeah those exchanges are huge and uh, we're going to recognize all of the team members as they come out onto the track each and every heat three heats on friday night three on saturday and uh, money earned in those races leads toward the six-team field in the Muckleshoot Gold Cup title championship race on Sunday. And uh, we are 
doing it again this year. Gail Skunkcap is back. He's going to work with Bill on the live announcing and also the promotional announcements. Gail has been part of every Muckleshoot Gold Cup here at Emerald Downs. He'll be joining us on the podcast today as uh, we are back. And, you know, uh, this stuff is really pretty dang exciting. There's, you know, there's a few easy moments going around the first turn sometimes, and sometimes they get spread out. But uh, last year's uh, championship race was fantastic. Um, Scopy Pacuni won that race, a three-horse finish. And uh, other former winners include River Road, Abrahamson Star School, and Carlson Relay. Thank you for looking that up, Vince, by the way. And uh, Vince, uh, we got a couple carryovers this week, uh, Friday night in some of our multi-race wagers. Yeah, in fact, uh, no winning favorites last Sunday, yeah. which was kind of a change here. Also last Friday. So what is the little over 13,000 in the pick five carryover, right. which is pretty exciting. And then I don't have it here in 15, front of me. 15,569 in, in the, the jackpot six. Mm-hmm. So a couple, couple to go for and a decent card tomorrow night. And uh, Sunday's card, we'll talk about that a little later, looks really good. That's right. And just to mention, Sunday is Muckleshoot Gold Cup Championship Day and also our first couple stakes of the season, which Vince will be talking about, the Seattle Stakes for three-year-old Phillies, the Auburn for three-year-old Colts and Geldings. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday action. We've got that great take, takeout on win play show, 14.7%. Um, Bill has been with us for several podcasts, and uh, Bill has qualified for the NHC how many times, Bill? Ten. Ten times. That's great. And so uh, do you – I don't know. We probably said it before, but uh, win wagering, is that part of your repertoire a little bit? Uh, yeah. I mean, you should always – if you like a horse that's a, a price, I don't care what type of uh, wager that you're looking at, like pick fours, pick fives, you probably should have a little bit something on a horse that you really do like at, at a price. So always win place show. Uh, um, for me, it's mostly win. I don't really get too much into place or show. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then Emerald Downs lowest, uh, take out in the wind place and shows out there 14.7. Outstanding. Yeah. And that is, uh, with us this year, lowest in North America. And I, you know, I'd be willing to say Vince Brune has bet more different totals to win than any <laughs> horse player in the country. Vince will bet $38 to win. He'll bet $61 to win. He'll bet $7 to win. He'll bet 43. You, you've you come up with some different totals in, in your time, haven't you? That's true. And I also got to have that reputation in Southern California. Like Kurt Huber would say, how much did you have on that? 37. <laughs> well, and I don't know. It's kind of a feel thing. A lot of times it's kind of what you have on your voucher at that given moment too, yeah. you know, but yeah, you're right. I'm pretty random. <laughs> And but the worst feeling in the world is when you're the horse you like the most you made the smallest bet on and the <laughs> horse you like the least kind of made a bigger bet on. So you, mm. I've gotten a lot better in that over the years. And you know who do I really like here? And uh, but yeah, I'm a win better and mainly daily doubles once in a while pick three. So that fourteen point seven, it really you you notice the difference. You really do. Oh, for sure. So and uh, speaking of just win betting. You know, I kick myself, and usually it's after the race when uh, uh, I'll bet win and show quite a bit. But uh, if the horse is over 20 to 1 I'll, and it runs second, then I, I say, yeah, you told yourself. If it's up there around 20 to 1 or higher, bet it across the board because, you know, that place payoff can be pretty darn high if uh, 
then the there's the, to the no more to. lemons instances too though that you, you don't want about. me to go there <laughs> please that, that was I, you know what and i understand that psychology I but I, I, i've gotten enough discipline where i sink or swim and it does hurt if you have a 20 to 1 and it gets beat you know runs a great race and you handicap one you get nothing that that can hurt i was young bill i bet no more lemons to place when she ran against bella rainier because bella rainier was invincible and so i bet her to place and i got like 280 to place Bell but she finished. won no more lemons won and paid like 22 Bell Rainier finished win. second so there yeah, went the place yeah, pool yeah, yeah. so I, I well luckily it. you've learned from that I learned uh, a little bit from that because if you're still making that mistake we're gonna have to send you to uh yeah Fermo gambling uh gambling 101 you're gonna have to kick me off the podcast if I'm no scared. no no well look we all we all make mistakes it's part of racing you know you, you hopefully like Bill said you learned along the way but you know what? New stuff still happens to me all the time. So, uh, new training day on YouTube. It's got a few horses out there training. Featured the Muckleshoot Gold Cup a little bit. They're out there practicing, getting ready for the big weekend. And if you haven't seen it before, it is exciting stuff. Uh, bareback horse racing. Bareback, these Indian riders do on their steeds, and they both feet have to hit the ground before they jump onto the next horse at the exchanges, which are really dynamic as well. So all weekend long here at Emerald Downs this year. What about last week? Uh, you mentioned no favorites on Friday or Sunday. We had uh, 10, or excuse me, five 10 to one or greater winners, including Frisco Frills, who won that uh, sixth race on Sunday. That's right. And we'll start right there. Frisco Frills, our Wabred of the Week, mm. 16 to 1, paid $35. And uh, boy, when you beat Daffodil Sweet, that's quite yeah. an accomplishment at Emerald Downs. Uh, so Cliff and Leslie Balcom, uh, Cliff owned bread and trains that horse. So that was a home run for Good their for camp with Frisco Frills. Yeah. Popped out of there right on top and, and took them all the way. Owner of the Week guy we all know well paul johnson code charlie paul is a heck of a supporter of emerald yes Downs, so. i met paul did you yeah i met paul at, at the at the quarter shoot cafe okay yeah he's not a shy fella yeah, he'll, he'll come, come up, up and, <laughs> and uh great to see paul with code charlie in the winter circle jose zanino nice week riding he got three wins he's our jock of the week Okay. And Debbie Van Horn, uh, I think Mayhem and Chaos ran uh, third straight good race at the meet and got the maiden victory. So Debbie is our trainer of the week. And I'm remiss for not having that groom of the week. I, I believe it's from the Allen Bazell barn. And I will double up next week. I'll have the name of that one plus next week's groom of the week. All right. So uh, we had... 15 favorites win the week before out of 23 races. This past week, we had three favorites out of 22. Just, just some just, just, just statistical uh, recaps. That's all they are because these things tend to average out over the years. Um, we usually end up about uh, 36, 37% yeah. favorites around here. I think that's about little, right. The last higher many than years. The old national yeah. average. But. I was getting a little concerned, though. As you mentioned, we were up around 50%. Yeah. So that knocked it down to what, 41? All yep. in one week. And a lot of claims, about 20 claims last week here at Emerald Downs. So, uh, 59 well, claims already at wow. the meet in what, 11 days of racing. So, well, hot purses, and heavy. Purses up 20%, you know. Yeah, and we had our second $30,000 claim, Zazen, yeah. uh, Sue and Tim Spooner, uh, $30,000 for a three year old filly. Okay. And, uh, 
Bill, uh, any, th- any observations from you from last week? Um, do you have any of those 10 to one winners? Uh, I, not as top choices. I don't think so. I know I might've had a couple that were in my top three, but, yep. uh, yeah, I think you did. I'm just excited about the pick five carryover because yes. it's, it's, you know, most likely unless you have another series of five races where, you know, four of the five are, are big prices, you know, that money's going to probably get paid out. Uh, on Friday night. And, you know, we should probably get, I would guess it's got to be at least the new money's got to be over 50,000 would be my guess. We've gone a lot higher than that. Um, In 2020, we had some huge pick fives. um, And the reason for that was our field size was quite a bit higher in 2020 because we didn't start till June 24th, the Mm -hmm. COVID year. And we only went two days a week. Everybody was ready starting February 1st. The two-year-olds were ready and we only went two days a week. So we had some really big pick five pools that year. But I'm I'm with you. It's going to be a $50,000. It helps, like Bill said on Sunday, when people have all week to gear up for it, you know? That's, so, that was always my favorite when I, at other tracks because that way you're able to, you know, especially in, in sure. social media, able to say, yep, pick five carryover Friday. Yeah. And people are able to plan for it and uh, it's a good thing. And then on top of it, Friday nights, we're kind of like on our on our own little island, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Get some you know, extra eyeballs. Yeah. So some people will put in tickets and uh, – might go out and especially if you're in the East Coast, go out for dinner, have some drinks, and then come back and see how you did in the in the Emerald uh, Pick Five. And the Rebel ticket will be out tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll be playing. All right, three races three through seven on Friday night. The Emerald Downs Pick Five, Jackpot Pick Six starts, of course, in the pretty second good, race. Pretty good showdown in race six between Mixo coming off that yeah. huge win and Take Charge Deputy. We all know how tough he's been around here. So yeah. If you can get past those two and get someone else home there, you will have a big shot at some good money. Yeah. I think those two are going to dominate the wagering. Yeah, I don't I don't see either one. Mixo's I, in one, the, of, one of them's got to win that race. It's in race five. Excuse yeah, me. Race, race five. five. Yeah. yeah. The Mixo was the horse that gave Radke the, what, the sixth win on that uh, right. card uh-huh. on May 21st. And yes. He yeah, was I, very sharp off the layoff and take charge deputy. Showed a lot more uh, early speed, had oh, a boy. close, had an inside post, and uh, Alex Cruz uh, got him on the front end and never looked back. Uh, he likes I, that I, wet dirt under his feet. Sure he got he that right, yeah. Deputy. Five for six on a wet surface. And, uh, but if, you know, if I'm leaning, I'm probably leaning Mixel, but uh, uh, those are two strong uh, favorites in that fifth race. Okay, and speaking of jockeys, uh, Kevin Radke does maintain the lead in the jockey standings. He has 20 wins. Alex Cruz, two-time defending champion with 18. Juan Gutierrez at 17. Those three right in there. Also winning at 20%, not to neglect these guys, Javier Matias and uh, 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 Nava Marine is also at 20%, a little over. He's got limited mounts, but that's still a good start for him here. And he got a nice win for George Rosales. Gave yeah. him a shot, and he produced. $31 horse. That's not a, Bluebird. Not, not a bad barn to be uh, riding for if you, you can get, your, get in, the foot, in, in the door there. Practically 50% for George Rosales so far. And uh, let's see. Leading trainer is uh, Rosales with seven and Candy Kreiderman. And Candy Kreiderman. And John Parker, well out in front, is leading owner with his seven wins. Seven wins, wins, you bet. And I think we got six horses with two wins so far. Purple Rose Ranch. That's uh, ML Pierce, yeah. Uh, Mike, yeah, Pierce from Arizona. He's got three wins. So uh, 
yeah, Blaine Wright, Frank Lucarelli, each with six wins among trainers. So some good battles. We had that year-long uh, excellent chase for leading rider last year. Went down to the last Looks day, like we're going to repeat it this year, too. Okay, so uh, that's uh, pretty much our first segment. Gail Skunk Gap is going to join us in the second segment. Gail, the promotional and publicist head for Indian Relay Racing across the northern tier and has been at Emerald Downs in all of our Muckleshoot Gold Cup events since we began back in 2016. We'll come back with Gail Skunk Cap here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited. National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Three in the Gold Cup. SM Express leads the charge. And Scuppy Piconi is challenging at the inside. Now comes to the outside. It's a slugfest to the finish. SM Express. And Scuppy Piconi in the final jumps has won it. And that was the finish of the 2021 Muckle Shoot Gold Cup. What a great race. Uh, you know, many of them are won by open lengths, but last year, um, Scopi Pacuni won that race in the final yards. Just a dramatic finish. Actually, three teams vying for the $50,000 Muckleshoot Gold Cup Championship. And uh, Gail Skunk Cap, who has been part of every Muckleshoot Gold Cup here at Emerald Downs. Proud to... Uh, do it again this week. Gail, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon to you. And it's great to be back here at Emerald Downs, the, the Muckleshoot Gold Cup coming up 2021. You know, we were just here in September and we're yeah. back again to do it again. Yeah. Bill Downs with us as well. Our track announcer, Bill's going to be calling some Indian relay racing along with Gail. And uh, Bill, uh, yeah, a little bit of a back and forth talk today on how the format might work. And uh, hey, you're calling horse races. You know how to do that. Yeah, as long as there's uh, 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 some sort of rider on top, I'm, I'm pretty good with it, no matter <laughs> if it's there's a saddle or not. And uh, yeah. that's what we have with the Indian relay races. And it's truly, uh, it's it's organized chaos, I like to call it, uh, thinking about it uh, when they do these exchanges. It's something else. There's a whole, there's, it's not just the rider. You got, you got, you got at least a half a dozen people uh, for each team getting everything in order just to get those exchanges proper. And, and that's kind of like the big thing, I would guess, Gail, in terms of the exchanges. You screw up the exchange, you, you can, you could you can be in first place going to the last exchange but you screw it up you're you're done that's right that's on one race where you can go from last to 
our first to last in a in a minute, and you explained it just right on your exchanges. You know, the organized chaos is just right. You hit it right on the head with that because some people explain it uh, the the teamwork of NASCAR, the wildness of rodeo, and the speed of thoroughbred horse race, and you know, all in one. So you explained it to a T, Bill. I, yeah, I want to follow up on that. Talk about the exchanges. What is what what has to happen? What does each rider have to do to make a legal exchange as they get off one horse and pick up another horse? You know, the the legal exchange. The, he obviously starts the race on top of the horse, makes a track or on our typical Indian relay. They go around the track one time, but not here at Emerald Downs. They're going to make the first exchange in the back stretch. And what the rider has to do is, is rate his horse down, coming from 30 miles an hour down to probably 10, 15 miles an hour or five miles an hour and get off his horse at a running pace. He, no other teammate can touch the rider at that time. Both feet have to touch the ground. You can't just run and hop from horse to horse. Uh, the, both feet have to touch the ground. The rider runs to the next horse and um, pounces onto the next one. And uh, the importance of the team to hold that next horse in place is really a key. Yeah, it's huge. Um, we've seen that, and and you're going to introduce the whole team, which I think is fantastic, which we do every year because those exchange people and uh, not just the horse and rider, and of course there are four different horses used in each two-mile race, one rider, but those team members, they deserve their credit too, Gail. Man, they do. You know, a lot of them have been in this uh, relay a long time. You know, our past champions that came back, you know, they, they automatically come back if they win the Muckleshoot Gold Cup. They they get the invite. But some of our, our veteran riders that are coming back, and it's great to see them, you know, Narciss Rivas is vet. You know, they call him the ultimate warrior. We have Chaz Racine. You know, he's won the Muckleshoot uh, race two times, you know, before we had the Gold Cup and previously before that, you know, a champion rider as well. You know, some great riders coming up. And uh, Scotty Abrahamson, a young guy that's going to move in. He's one of the top guns to, to beat. And then uh, along that Carlson string to medicine, you know, Cody Carlson, he's a young, young rider. And he is all at the top notch. He has it all right now, too. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Okay. Last year it was um, Scotty Pacuni. Say that name once again for me. Cause uh, I I'm Scotty Pacuni. 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 Bill has already noted that. Pacani. Pacani. I got to get that right. They're the defending champs. And uh, we didn't do it in 2020, but 2019, River Road won. 2018, Abrahamson. That was that controversial finish that year. 17 was Star School and 2016, Carlson Relay. And I think you said all the teams that have won before are in this year. They are, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, the past champions of the previous year get an automatic invite okay. back, and then the other ones are invited based upon their year or their previous year on the uh, their win record, uh, their willingness to travel to the big races, and sometimes the consistency of the team. You know, um, they add up, uh, they end up putting more um, team members on this because there's it's that added horse on the race but you know you mentioned the past champions i mentioned chaz racine from carlson and our 16 winner and then star school we had isaiah cross guns and then for abrahamson scotty abrahamson river road was um the um oh my name slips me right now uh -oh. what is um 
Well, you'll come up with it. Because <laughs> well, and then 21 was Chris Carlson. 21, Chris Carlson last year for um, Scopy Pacun, Pacun, Pacuni. Pacuni. Darren, Darren charges strong. That was it. Those guys oh, are yes. all top riders, you know. And by the way, um, the top three finishers in each heat will be available for autographs very shortly after their heat is over. We do that on track level. There's a complimentary poster that folks can get, and uh, and we're going to send those uh, riders up to the autograph table. And, uh, you know, those guys are going to have the uh, respect of our jockey colony, Bill. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it on uh, on tape or on the computer, um, but that that's some great athleticism there. What I want to ask, uh, Gail, is, is this the most lucrative event? And then how many other events do these teams participate in you mentioned they this is the biggest circumference track being a mile so we add uh, that fourth horse but where else in and then is this is this the muckle shoot uh derby is this the one that is the biggest uh i guess purse if you will it it is um i well no i'd have to say there were some other ones they weren't invite only you know this one the muckle shoot tribe really does um does a great job on this one it's an independent race it's uh, we run for over sixty thousand in prize money, but you know it's the one the few places are I would have to say the only place where we pay mileage for the teams to come, mm. and we pay mileage for them to go home as well, and then their entry fee we give their their entry fee back when they come, and also the um, the de- if they get disqualified we still end up giving them a little something too you know the muckleshoot tribe and then the president and vice president of emerald downs really wanted to see the teams um go home with something so you know they really uh i don't know if they outdone themselves but they really really uh, lended a hand to them and um they really make this special for the teams and that's what we like to do here is really cater to the teams because you know, some billet does the uh, race of kings, and, and with the the gas prices right now, you know, we really like to try to um, extend a uh, a big welcoming and, and a helping hand to all of our teams before the start of the season. Very good, yeah. Muckle Shoot Gold Cup Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Emerald Downs, and Gail Skunk Cap. Gail, you've been involved in the media end of uh, Indian relay racing for some years now, and you've been at every Muckleshoot Gold Cup at Emerald Downs. And, uh, you know, there's a couple subtle things that uh, happen different every year, but uh, is this coming together pretty well for you? It is. You know, it is. And, and I always get excited to coming back, you know, the crowd, the atmosphere here, um, the hospitality of Emerald Downs, and plus the Muckleshoot tribe. You know, everything is starting to come together now. And, um, you know, we, we have a team that, um, Jenna, Jenna Skunk Cap runs the, uh, the Emerald Downs team of Indian Relay, and she puts together a good team, and she tries to get from different tribal affiliations and all of that, but, uh, but she's really done a good job in organizing this whole event. Yeah, that's Gail's daughter, Jenna. Bill, she's, she's awesome. She runs the whole show, and uh, yeah, she's invaluable on this thing. And boy, you have a question, you ask her, and you can get the answer from Jenna. Well, what about some of the riders? You mentioned some of the names. Um, you can go over them individually, some of these guys, on what they do well and what, what's got them to the top of their game and the top of uh, Indian Relay riders. Go ahead. 
You know, some of the the riders are past champions from Abrahamson from the Colville Nation or the Colville Confederacy. Scotty Abrahamson, you know, his father, Jonathan Abrahamson, was a rider. And, and that's kind of the way Indian Relay works. You know, just I think we're on our fourth generation hmm. of, of teams here since my time. And the uh, Scotty Abrahamson, he is uh, 23 years old and um, one of the uh, top riders at the time. You know, they've, they've run... They've won um, in Canterbury. They've won um, Race of Champions and all of that. Just pretty much all wherever they go. They're not afraid to travel. They really compete. Also, our past champion last year, I'm Scott Pikani, uh, Chris Carlson. You know, that guy was a, is, is an awesome rider. You know, he's um, 30 years of age now, too, sure. and he, he does really good. These riders are really coming into their prime. You know, one list, I, our name I don't see on the list now, and I don't know what's going on with him or what if he's injured or what, what the deal is. Maybe he has a job or something, but Oliver Pagodas from right. um, Grizzly Mountain, you know, he's 30 years of age, too, and that guy is quite a talented rider. But we mentioned the ultimate warrior, a Narciss Rivas, you know, coming to us from the Blackfeet Nation. He he comes from um, Counting Coup as well. He is 38 years old and he is still going, you know, and we wonder when he's going to retire or what, but, you know, he still has it in the gas tank. So, um, you I wouldn't know, we're mind. yet to see. I wouldn't mind being 38 right now. <laughs> but no, he is a big, strong athlete. He's one of the bigger riders, isn't he? He is. He's about um, 6'3". And, yeah. you know, he, he is... Um, you know, he, he still gets it done. You know, one of our past champions, Darren Charges Strong, he's going to be riding. I think he's riding for Mountain Crow this year. He's 24 years of age, but a talented athlete as well. You know, that guy really has it happening. Okay. Well, it's uh, Friday and Saturday qualifying races. Each team would be involved uh, one time on Friday, one time on Saturday. And tell us how you qualify for the Muckleshoot Gold Cup Championship. Well, how you qualify for the Muckleshoot Gold Cup is on money earned. You know, you mm -hmm. get to run each day and then the money earned. And if the money um, tallies up to be even uh, come Sunday, uh, we go on time. You know, these teams are timed as they go around as well, too. And time is a tiebreaker on there. But we try to go on money one on there. And um, that's how they make it to the Muckleshoot Gold Cup. Okay. And... Uh no uh, saddle, no colored saddle cloths out there, Bill. We'll As figure you corrected it out. me on that earlier. They, they have something, I guess. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. So uh, Gail will be uh, calling the exchanges. Bill will be calling the bulk of the racing. You guys are going to team up. It has worked well in the past, and uh, we're looking for some excitement over the weekend. Uh, it never fails to deliver these Indian relay races and. Uh, the circuit this year, is it early in the season, would you say, Gail, or uh, midway through? How, how late do you go? You know, it goes until as late as September. Okay. You know, we're, they are talking about having one in, um, oh, what is it, mid-September, I think, right after the, they have some championships, um, the 1st of September, and then mid-September in Oklahoma, they're talking about a big one. But but that's pretty much the way it, it goes with the uh, Plains tribes and the Plateau tribes because of the weather, you know. And then um, not many teams go on beyond that because these, it is a Plains, uh, Northwest Plains event. Yeah, and uh, you said bulk of the teams 
competing here, Washington, uh, Montana, Wyoming, a little bit. Oregon's involved too sometimes, aren't they? Right. Yeah. No, yeah, they are. So we start out at the Dakotas. We have North and okay. South Dakota. Uh, we, as we come westward, we have uh, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and then we move into the plateaus of Washington, Oregon. You know, so all those states participating as well as the pro provinces of Canada now, you know, they're starting to get into the game as far as Saskatchewan and way up um, north to um, Edmonton and then to the um, south, south towards the border would be the um, Blackfoot Confederacy. Okay. So, yeah, 18 teams. So we'll be having six teams per heat on Saturday or Friday night and Saturday. First race, first thoroughbred race Friday is 7 p.m. And then of course our weekend time is 2 p.m. and the Muckleshoot Gold Cup all throughout the weekend. And you know, we've had some great uh, entertainment as well and some exhibits and uh, traditional music. So looking forward to that end of things uh, too, Gail. I, I know that'll be back this year. Yeah, you know, we got the uh, talented group of Black Lodge, our drum group. Black come. Lodge. These guys came. They are Grammy-nominated. Grammy you know, they compose a lot of songs. And um, Nicole Siama, she's going to be doing our, our national anthem and all of that. You know, she's got that talented voice as well. And then we have that um, native dance troupe that will be on for um, And that hoop dancer. So hoop that's going to be good. What's that guy's name? He is just, Bill, this guy's awesome. He has like how many hoops? Forty hoops or something. I mean, you should see what this guy can do with a hoop. It is really something. Uh, do you remember his name? No, I don't I remember, remember his, his name. name. He, he comes back every year, though. He does. He's back every year, and Man. he does a great job. He and does you know, it in the winter circle, and uh, it's really something. It's uh, that that took a lot of practice. So, looking forward to the whole weekend of the Muckleshoot Gold Cup here at Emerald Downs, Indian Relay Racing. Uh, three heats on Friday night, three on Saturday afternoon, and the Consolation and the Championship Race on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Uh, we've got some great complimentary thoroughbred racing as well, including our first two stakes races of the season, uh, three-year-old Phillies in the Seattle Stakes, three-year-old Colts and Geldings in the Auburn. We'll be talking a little bit more about that on the show today as well. So, Gail, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be working together on Mike, and you're going to be working together with Bill as well for the whole weekend. Looking forward to it. Great. I'm looking forward to working with you both as well. Thank you, Gail. Gail Skunkcap joining us here on Horse Racing Northwest, and we'll be back with our final segment after a short break. We're making big waves with Beach Day Giveaway at Muggleshoot Casino. Win up to $50,000 on Friday, June 10th, 17th, and 24th inside Galaxy. Earn entries daily when you play using your Muggleshoot Rewards card. Your first entry is free. Beach Day Giveaway this June at Muggleshoot Casino. The biggest and best in the Northwest. Less than a quarter mile away, and Corin gets to the front. Golden Glitter fights on at the inside. Pontiffany is next, and we got to drinking. Deep stretch, and Corin shows the way. It's Corin on the lead. Golden Glitter is chasing back to Pontiffany, but Corin 
goes on to win the Barbara Shenpo by four. Horse Racing Northwest continues from the Television Center at Emerald Downs as we head into the Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend. Muckleshoot Gold Cup and Emerald Downs Thoroughbred Racing. And uh, the name of that hoop dancer, Bill, was Ryan Yellowjohn. Ah. He is outstanding. You'll be uh, watching him at least on one of those days. He's uh, He's got quite the talent there. So, Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here for Horse Racing Northwest. As we heard, Coron taking last summer's Barbara Shinpo Stakes. She'll be in the Seattle this Sunday at Emerald Downs. She was undefeated state champion, as you remember, Vince, for Kay Cooper and her ownership group. Yes, she was, and she was written out of the uh, allowance races here, so she's going to come off the bench in the Seattle Stakes, and she drew the rail. Tough. Okay. Makes it tough, uh, but it is a good field of seven. I'll go quick from the yep. rail out here. Quran with Kevin Orozco. You mentioned the champions. Cielo Diamante, Javier Matias, Ropers and Wranglers won. Gutierrez, Slack Tide. Evan Roman up course we remember him winning the long acres mile on gold rush dancer ms parkside off the claim leslie mowing unsolved mystery kevin radke we got to drinking draws the outside with alex cruz up and then we finish the program with the stakes we don't do that too often race eight will be the auburn for three-year-old colts and geldings field of eight in there ms mr mischief edgar velasco smiling goodbye alex cruz little casino Blaine Wright, the trainer, Casey Guglielmino, the rider. A View From Above, we remember that horse. Mm-hmm. Kevin Radke uh, for Kay Cooper. St. Pius coming off a nice win. Javier Matias, Midnight Mojo, our Gottstein winner, Eddie Martinez. It's all about the ride. Juan Gutierrez and executive chef, Kevin Orozco. That one ships up from the Bay Area for Blaine Wright. Hey, there's some new shooters in the stakes at Emerald Downs. And uh, it's all about the ride back in there, Bill. Did you hear that name? Yes, I did. I'm a main winner, but a big step up uh, in class against a pretty good field. We'll be, I'll be interested to see how uh, he does in there. But uh, yeah, a, lot, a, lot, a few new shooters in that three-year-old Philly race. Uh, we got uh, uh, Ropers and Wranglers who won a maiden claiming race at Santa Anita and in her last start. And then um, Slack Tide for uh, Blaine Wright, uh, yeah. um, won, won the Angie Stakes, was it? Yep. Yeah, won a stakes up here, yeah, and it was well in the Bay Area. Yeah, just won an allowance optional claiming race at uh, Golden Gate Fields in, in April, and I would guess uh, that she would be one of the uh, favorites, so we'll see what uh, Let me tell you, esteemed morning line odds maker Vince yeah. Brune will put uh, uh, slack tide at. Sneaking and looking at a sneak preview at Sunday. In addition to those two stakes, we got two maiden special weight races, and we got a good uh, $25,000 allowance race with horses like El Alto Ombre, Wheel Rally, Forever Gold, Democrat. My favorite. A nice win, who you liked last time. Yeah. Democrat. So, very good, uh, very good Sunday Frank's card. Frank's fix it, yeah. So. so if you're thinking about coming to the races, I believe it's Father's Day too, so yep. we'll have a good crowd. I mean, we got the Indian Relay Finals, and we've got two stakes races and a very good supporting card, so it'll be a fun day. Yeah, that that's outstanding for Sunday. Um, Ropers and Wranglers, how about that name? That was uh, before Vince came back here. I certainly read about the horse when I she was She ran second twice, I'll say that. 
12 starts at Emerald Downs, 10 wins, and she ran second twice. And For she had uh, Hall won, of Famer Bud Clockstead. She won right? nine stakes. And one other one in that Seattle stakes, uh, Unsolved Mystery, won the Arizona Oaks earlier this year. So this is the yeah, that, that, is, that Philly race uh, came up very, very strong. Well, and you know, this year we've we have bumped up the purses for you know the championship race for for the derby the Emogashute derby mm-hmm. for Colts is now 75 and the Oaks is now 75 you know I mean that might people hey you know we go up there they got a pretty good stakes program the spacing is good and you know that purse is a little bigger so seems to be working yeah you can't you can't uh, beat that for word of mouth when purses go up it just gets around quickly and attracts attention so a couple of great stakes to kick off our schedule for 2022, three-year-olds in action. And you said that uh, the Auburn's the eighth and final, huh, on Sunday? Yeah. yeah we haven't done that since yes. maybe the 1998 mile, I think. When And now I'm trying to think. You We usually do, do we do the Muckleshoot uh, or the Muckleshoot Gold Cup Indian Relay race after the final race, too? It seems uh, like we have. So we could have that back-to-back. We'll go we, with a stakes race and then the championship know, of the Indian Relay race. We right did afterwards. it in 2018 when Abrahamson won because we had that huge delay after the. Oh, that's right. Yes. They, had, they went down to the TV. There was room an inquiry. For 30 minutes and and uh, decided if there was a foul or not. So. Uh, oh, it looks like the championship will be between races okay. six and seven at 528 right. p.m. So still lots of action here. So. So All right. yeah, it's the championship Muckleshoot Gold Cup will go at 5:28 on Sunday. Okay, so some just great thoroughbred action as well. Um, let us uh, a couple of passings in the industry. Jerry Woods passed away, five-time WTBOA president, uh, native of Missouri, graduated from UPS, became a teacher. John and Kitty Fletcher kind of got. Uh, him and Peggy Woods, Jerry and Peggy Woods into horse racing. And uh, Jerry had a just a fantastic career. Uh, he won the S.J. Agnew Award, the top uh, from the breeders that you can be uh, bestowed upon. He won that in 2004. His family funded American Horse Transportation. But listen to the list of stallions that he has stood at his uh, couple different farms, uh, most notably in Chehalis, the last probably 30 years. Mocker, Dagger Dancer, Blue Serenade, Skinhead, No Back Talk, Leroy S, Seafood, Jazzing Around, Sharper One, Northern Supremo, Delineator, Wake Up Alarm, Altazar, He's Tops, Jumron, Catawice, Defensive Play, You and I, Alazo, and Malt Magic. So, wow. Uh, a lot of Washington history there. Jerry passed away at age 83, survived by Peggy, daughters Lisa and Dana, son John, nine grandchildren, five Greek grandchildren, his brother Lonnie and sister Dixie. So uh, Jerry Woods, big time in the Washington thoroughbred industry for many decades, passes. And Ed Welsh passed away as well at the age of 87, the husband of Gene Welsh, who Still going strong as a breeder here in recent years at Emerald Downs. So our condolences to Jean Welch and her family as well for a couple of passings in our industry. Um, 
How about some selections? Uh, Vince is going to hold off there. Have you done that morning line for Sunday? You probably looked at it. But no, I've done a couple races. I haven't done the stakes yet. I'll pass on a couple little tidbits okay. here for you guys to do that. Yeah. Okay, so the pick five tomorrow night starts in race three, and we got a horse coming back comma, called Mama Call Me Boo. Mm-hmm. And it's races for Tim McKenna, and Tim, of course, is pretty fine with layoff horses but i go you know i'm doing the morning i go geez i wonder what the works look like now this is classic tim mckenna listen to these times may 7th uh 51 and 4 6th out of 6th may 14th uh 103 and 3 28th out of 29th may 27th 103 flat 13th out of 13th june 3rd uh 104 and 1 5th out of 5th 5th out of 5th on june 11th so in other words the slowest work of the day five times except on may 20th it worked from the gate five furlongs in 58 and 4 so <laughs> yeah that, that one stands but out. joe you know i don't think tim would mind us saying this but he no. does not work his horses fast no you know? and, and he gets them fit and Vince Gibson's like that as well. Yeah. And Bill, you've made that comment. I've heard you make it uh, on Mike that, you know, you look at gate workouts a lot more reliably. Yes. The old racing clocking adage is 46 and 4 equals 50. That's right. That's the first rule of clocking. Yeah. Because you don't have no clue whatsoever if a horse is, when they hit the first pole, whenever they're going to be working, you don't know if they're in a dead sprint or you don't know if they're just and literally jogging to the, to the first gotta pole. you got to know who the trainer is. And, and you it. don't know. They don't tell you how yep. how heavy the, the exercise rider is. Yeah. Sometimes you get an exercise rider might be 150 pounds. Other times you might get a jockey that weighs a buck five. And so that's why I, I really don't put that much. I know you have to have it to show the activity. Yeah, that's it. But the gate workouts, at least you got something. Because right. usually they, they're very attuned. The clocker's upstairs. Uh, very attuned at uh, those gate works because they got to get the when it and starts. That, in this case, that one gate work says a lot more than the sixth other. Yeah, well, I mean it's important there, to see the six other works just for activity's sake. That's right. You yeah. want to see the horse working steadily, and you know, and the distances and all that. But I'm with you. The time is does not mean you know unless it's a first time starter. Sure, you want to see a good work or two, maybe time wise. And know, then but. also you got to know your trainer too. You mentioned McKenna. You know, for like Southern California, Bill Sparhorse has really worked fast. Where you know Baffert was works fast every single solitary time. Mm-hmm. If they don't work fast, then you got a problem. So you got to know your trainers as well. Um, that would be my other little. I just thought that was kind of fun looking. Oh yeah, at that, it's you know? it's good stuff there. Is that yeah, all of a sudden it's like boom? I can name a couple of trainers whose horses are going full speed when they hit the pole, and you know their their horses work fast. And and there's others, and apparently Tim's horses aren't going full speed when they hit the pole. But yeah, it's, we all he's know consistent that. about he's that consistent. Yeah, so years. you never get concerned. And like you said, Vince Gibson's another one. Yeah. Also, uh, quickly, race six, Bill, you better have uh, some extra breath on Sunday. Look at, did you notice the names of these horses? <laughs> How do these all show up in one race? You got Bourbon with the Twist, Papa was a Rolling Stone, Mancuso at the mic, Command Sergeant Major, Marksman on Target. I'm already out of Live a Good Life, Shaquille's Essay. It's weird. They all came up in that race. So, yes. Well, in other words, when I'm typing in my four selections in that race, I'm going to have to go into a second line for the first time ever. Maybe. Definitely. Yeah. That's uh, just the, all, the, all the long horses ended that up in one race. That is a lot of long names. Okay. Uh, Bill, how about uh, a selection for us? Sure. For let's uh, Any fr- of the days. Yeah. Friday, uh, just a, a little, um, let's see, race number four, just a, a little uh, Philly and Mare. $3,500 condition uh, claiming race going six furlongs. 
And I'll try and beat uh, the favorite in that race, uh, Miss Kittness with the Six Dance Fighter. We mentioned uh, Rosales using Jose Nava Marine, and the Dance Fighter comes off a little bit of a layoff. But the Dance Fighter is one fresh in the past, which I like to see, even though it was not that big of a layoff, but at least it was a layoff nonetheless. Um, I think there's some speed in the race to go with Miss Kittness, like her jet for uh, Bob Bean coming out of some four and a half furlong races down at Los Al, among others that might show some speed. And Dance Fighter doesn't uh, doesn't like to sit too far off the pace. Um, and also on top of that, her last race, she, she bled through the Lasix. And considering that we don't have hot weather here in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest at this time, that's good for horses that do have a problem bleeding through Lasix. So you don't want to have a, mm-hmm. a 95 degree day like you're seeing out in, in, in Indiana and Kentucky and Ohio. You like to have a, uh, a nice uh, day in the 60s. So they get that uh, factor as well. Been uh, obviously well rested. So I think Dance Fighter could uh, fire fresh. Rosales does well. Uh, with that short layoff, and Rosal is doing very well just in mm-hmm. general with everything here. So Dance Fighter and that uh, pick five sequence, uh, the second leg and race four on Friday, number six uh, for Rosales with Jose Nava Marine. Very good, Dance Fighter. Yeah, three for ten lifetime. Good percentage coming in. Did you say Executive Action was in the stake on uh, Executive Chef? Executive Chef. Okay. He's another executive one of those on uh, Saturday. John and Janine Mariansky horse and Riverbend Stable that have been very potent around here. Oh, I guess they've just been. The they've last... got top executive, and this one's Executive Chef. Okay. All right. Um, I went with you know Stonus Maximus in the finale on Friday night. She's or he is coming off his maiden victory. He's the only three-year-old in the race, but he showed some really good speed in that maiden race. He was pretty much in a race of his own at uh, almost seven to one. Cassie Guglielmino's back aboard for Blaine Wright. There just wasn't a ton of speed. You've got it's a non-winners of two, and a lot of these horses have piled up some pretty good losses. And Stonus Maximus has a win in three seconds from seven. Uh, Bill, you called that race, you know, I mean, you always look good when you're winning. It was a lower level maiden race, but I'm going against the trend uh, for a maiden breaker to come back and win again in that race. Yeah, I watched the race back. Um, Didn't, even though he he broke on top, if you will, he did have like a slight stumble out of the gate and then just improved early speed, got to the front end for the first time in his career. And it is always uh, interesting when they go from uh, maidens into Yep. Winners for the first time, but uh, I, I've seen uh, worse selections. And, you know, my only thing would be is that with Bodie Man in the race, and Bodie Man's going to gun, 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 he's going to have to show some patience uh, going six and a half furlongs. If it was five and a half, I wouldn't worry about it as much. Uh, just run your race and, and, and whatnot. But at six and a half, um, you're going to have to rate a little bit with with the presence of a, a, a speedy horse like Bodie Man in that You know, race. he beat Ma'am and Chaos came right back to win. Which, yeah, it's a good it be, thing. But uh, one thing I noticed about Stonus Maximus coming down the lane, he is a big, big horse. Yeah, yeah. he's huge. So, yeah, Bodie Man certainly could uh, wreck Stonus Maximus's whole game plan a little bit there. Uh, you know, we noticed Bodie Man won at five and a half. And since then... Um, since that maiden win a year ago, um, not so good and six and a half, but he could, you know, pace makes the race and he could definitely, uh, pressure Stonus Maximus in there, but I'm going to go with that too on 
Saturday, uh, uh, let's see, I'll try and do a little better radio here, go a little faster. What was that horse in the in the sixth race? Mischief Road on Saturday. I don't know how where you had that horse on your morning line, Vince. Yeah, but, it was a puzzler because I think yeah, that's the one coming in from Parks, was that's it? That's the one that, uh, yeah, won uh, a seven furlong career debut right. last December real easily. And then two routes um, and beaten quite a few lengths in there uh, he's out of heady who was a, a good family here in washington uh, he's had a break seems to be training fine for candy kreiderman i thought that was twenty five thousand was a realistic level i for certainly him. noticed they got alex cruz to ride too yeah and he ran he ran behind horses a little bit so i went with mischief road in the sixth on saturday i don't know if you got to that race or not bill i didn't really look at okay. that one yet i did look at one in the second on saturday silver okay. king bane and it's a maiden claiming race at fifteen thousand, going six furlongs yep and silver king bane comes out of a, a really good race uh overly fast mm -hmm. Came back to win an allowance right. optional claiming race. And then Firewalker, who finished third, came back to win a maiden claiming for 25000 And Silver King Bane, yes, was four and a half lengths behind Firewalker, but this is only a, a maiden claiming for fifteen. Yes. And uh, I thought that he would be uh, one to uh, uh, take a look at. Um, hopefully, he'll show a little bit more improved early speed uh, at six furlongs as opposed to five, where he was at last time out where he kind of ran on evenly. So Silver King Bane, okay. I thought was an interesting one and my early handicapping for Saturday. Good. Okay. Yeah. Some great racing thoroughbreds here at Emerald. And just awesome entertainment this weekend. So make plans to come out at least one of the days here at Emerald Downs. And if you're listening from afar, hey, thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. We're not done yet. Let's do a couple of sports shorts as we do in our final segment um, I'm going to do it in honor of uh, golf, U.S. Opens this week. And this guy didn't hit the ball all that far, but he was the most accurate driver on the PGA Tour for 10 consecutive years. You guys aren't super golf hounds, but and it goes back a while. Calvin Pete, remember Calvin Pete? Mm -hmm, he, had mm -hmm. kind of a, he had a withered arm from a childhood... Uh, I don't know if it was a birth defect or not, but I sure remember he hit the ball straight. He did, and he won. He won a couple few tournaments. Calvin Pete won most accurate driver ten straight years on the PGA Tour, all through the 1980s. Uh, Fred Funk has won six since then, so he's clearly the second straightest driver. He's a little guy, Fred Funk, but uh, he won the Players Championship one year by keeping that ball in the fairway. So Calvin Pete honor him as a very accurate driver u.s open week uh bill well the stanley cup uh mm -hmm. finals are in uh, full effect as uh, the abs won a heck of a game uh in overtime against uh, the lightning it got me thinking about the last time the abs uh, won the stanley cup uh and that was in 2001 and i was a, a young guy in uh, denver colorado working at arapaho cool. park and so I was, uh, you know, watching the Avs games left and right uh, throughout uh, that Stanley Cup march. And uh, here's a, uh, another little tidbit. Uh, Vince was a, a Kings fan, or at least went, went to one of the games as well. So the Kings played Canadian the Avs. fan, but I was went to Kings games. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't want to take away your Montreal Canadiens But I was cheering fandom. for the Kings in that series. Yes. So... He was at game six where they won double, the double overtime. overtime, one to nothing. I went to game seven in that in that uh, in that uh, series, 
and that was the the game that they 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 won uh, five to five one to one yeah to uh, to to advance and they eventually went on to win uh, the Stanley Cup against New Jersey in seven games but some of the players on the, on the Avs 2001 Mark championship Messier? no no oh. uh, Ray Bork for- Ray, Ray Bork finally got his Stanley Cup yeah got his Stanley Cup Peter Forsberg Chris Dury Milan Hayduk Joe Sakic Rob Blake and of course the Patrick goaltender. Wow. Patrick Waugh. Canadians are one of the worst trades of all time. Oh, my goodness gracious. So you take a look at the parallels between those teams. And, you know, the Avs can put the can light the goal lamp, if you will, obviously led by McKinnon. They don't have the the, the Hall of Famer in, in between the pipes. They kind of do. They kind of have a couple goal ten, tenders. And yeah, Darcy, kind of, that's not the strong point. They're right. okay, but no, the. Tampa has the edge goaltending in yeah. these series, but that's about it. Yeah. Except for their grit and, you know, their ability to win games, which is important. But yeah. And Colorado, this is, you know, they're, they'll probably never get a better chance to win the cup than they got right and now. And they got a lot of guys coming into their own, including like the defenseman, Nikhil uh, Makar. Makar, yeah. Uh, 28 goals in the regular season. He's already had five in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get up around 30, you get, a, you get in the like, esteemed air, if you will, with hockey. You get in yeah. the Bobby Orr range. Uh, yeah. uh, and he's just a young guy who's doing great. Uh, so I, I I'm kind of I'm really getting into this uh, into these finals because yeah, obviously Tampa Nathan Nathan McKinnon is winning with McKinnon was the thing when uh, he came out he uh, scored a goal uh, the, the best goal of the playoffs yeah. so far on that end to end rush against St Louis to tie the game up they ended up losing that game but then they beat him in six anyway but he went through the whole damn team <laughs> yeah. to score a goal he'll and force then put a great move on the goalie to finish it off yeah. So. He'll force you. You got to make the play, fast. otherwise he'll he'll embarrass you real quick too. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying uh, uh, this uh, Stanley Cup Finals between. Can Colorado you name who the LA Kings goalie was in that series? No, I Felix, should. Felix Potvin. Ah, he got he got on a roll that year. They were pesky. I mean, the Abs were huge favorites, and the Kings took them to to Game Seven. Yeah, and and Wah carried them because they yeah. lost. I, I had to go back and and they lost four to three in Game One, and then Wah gave up. A total of in the next six games, yeah. a combined six goals. He, he was money in the playoffs. The last two times, you know, the Canadians have been in a big drought for them, but he did carry them the cups in '86 and '93. He's as good a big money goalie as you will ever see, Patrick Waugh. He didn't, loved pressure. Didn't he get pulled in the first period of one playoff game in Montreal way no, no. back when? No, he got pulled in a regular season, regular game, season game. And he went over to the by Mario Tremblay, who hated him, even though they had been teammates. And he, the Ronald uh, Carey, the owner, would sit right behind the bench back then. And he was looked him that. right in the eye and said, I'm not playing here anymore. <laughs> he got pissed because because oh, what usually he, he happens, you get in for you, 10 yeah, goals. Yeah. yeah. you After, if you give up like four or five uh-huh. goals in the first period, yeah. You take out your goalie and bring in somebody. Yeah, it's just not was, your night. Most of them weren't Wah's fault. The team was playing dreadful, and 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 he was punishing them by keeping them in there. And Wah was getting madder with every goal. So that was it. That was uh, the he his fuse had been lit, and that blew it out. And he was serious. He did not play another game for them. So what a shame. Okay, well, hockey starts with an H O. Horse race. I got a quick one. And okay, Vince's sports short for this week. And as usual, I'm going way back in time, like okay. I like to do. Um, my brush with greatness here, December. I found the date because you know this guy just passed away, Bob Lanier, a great ball player, basketball player from Saint Bonaventure. Yeah, Final Four. You bet. And uh, he's not only is a great player, he's famous for wearing size 22 shoes. Did you ever see those things? 
Yeah. They are enormous. So remember, if you go to the Coliseum, you go to a game, and if you got there about an hour early, the teams would be, it wasn't the, players would be out there just kind of shooting around a little bit, getting loose, you know, and then they'd go back and then they'd come out again or whatever. So me and my friend Chris got to the game and we were down there. The ushers wouldn't boot you out when it was that far before the game. And we were watching the Pistons. There was a few of them out there. And Lanier was out there. And the ball rolled off the court to me. So he held his hands up like I'm holding my hands up, like give me the ball. So I threw it to him. And he just turned and sunk a little five-foot bank shot. And he said, look, said thanks, partner. And you got was, an assist, huh? I, I always joked I got I got an assist to Bob cool. Lanier. But he acknowledged me. He said, thanks, partner. So that was kind of a Didn't nice Didn't the Sonics play around. them in the playoffs in their the first, first, first year back? From, the first time the Sonics ever made the playoffs. First, yeah. They played Detroit and games. beat them in a miniseries two games yeah. to one. And then they lost to Golden State 4-2, to two, and the Warriors ended up defeating ah, the bullets yeah. in a huge upset four games done anyhow i'm going down memory lane which i like to do yeah yeah bob lanier you know all-time great there okay there's some sports shorts and uh that leaves us at trivia um last week's question was really easy russ nakagawa got it uh second in the long acres mile one year you come back to win the next year and what's the most recent time that happened that's a Pretty simple one, Vince. You Stryker PhD. Stryker PhD. Who you and I both liked when he went off at big price. 2013, before. he was second to Herbie D. Yes. And he, he ran second in four straight stakes. That he had a, yes, and that was with Margo Lloyd. And then the, the hours transferred the horse to Larry and Sharon Ross the next year, and he won two miles in a row. And he won uh, eight straight stakes races. Here. Yeah, and did it the hard way, coming from behind, passing yeah. them all. And... Uh, give Margot credit she remember she told us about that horse before it had ever even run she was i got this bertrando yeah. told he's going to be good and he she did a good job and then the rosses really finished it off yeah okay striker phd and before that it was a long time it goes back to the mid 80s at long acres uh traveling victor was second to chinook pass in 1983 and came back and won it the next year who was and he was a bc uh sovereign award, or a canadian sovereign award winner one year yeah, and I don't think uh, Chris Loseth would pass the new HISA rules coming up where you're really allowed <laughs> six uses of the riding crop with yeah. the 84 mile on Traveling Victor. Okay, it's just about Emerald Downs birthday time. That would be on June 20th. It'll be on Monday. And uh, so who was the first horse to 10 wins at Emerald Downs? Not an easy question. Bill knows that one. First horse to 10 <laughs> wins at Emerald Downs. Do your homework on that. I'll give you a shirt and a cap if you get this one. So uh, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. And uh, guys, a lot in front of us this weekend. Bill, a few extra races. Of course, you called a few extra races last week, too. Yeah, I'll be fine. Okay, (laughs) I'll be fine. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, Vince, Joe Withy, Bill Downs here for Horse Racing Northwest.